1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's
0: time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast. With Al, Zane, and Brian.
1: We are back with another episode of the 49th Web Zone No Hope podcast. With me is Brian Rennick. Al Sackle is on assignment today, but we got a special guest with us. We got Alan Stiles from 95-7 The Game. You have heard those pipes. You have heard him fl- filling in for the Butcher Boys these days, like in the mornings, but you got your yes. own show as well, Alan, on 95-7, right? Which is where I first found you, you know? Um, and uh, it's great to actually get you on. We've been talking about this for a little bit, but thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Yeah, no, thanks, Zane, Brian. Uh, good to be here and talk some Niners football. Specifically, with everything going on with the Warriors, it'll help my anxiety to talk <laughs> Niners and take a break from the Warriors
1: for a little bit. I mean, it's going seven. It has to go seven, right? Like it has just, to. Like, just, it has to, right? It has, we'll to. It, right? it has to. And at the time of this recording, we we haven't seen the game yet, so I'm just going to call it. It's going to go seven. So when people there listen to go. it, I will be Nostradamus, right? And then we'll we'll go. So
0: <laughs> there you I go. Love it. We'll,
1: uh, a little bit of other news dropped this week. The, the schedule release uh, dropped for for the NFL and a lot of interesting stuff. And the Niners opened the season on the road in Pittsburgh, and that's that's an interesting that's an interesting start because uh, obviously across country, but Pittsburgh's very good in season opening games, specifically in week one. So I think that's that's going to be a challenge right off the bat. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think that the next week we're looking at the Rams. I, you you have to win. You have to split that. You can't go 0-2. You, you got you to win at least one of those. I'm looking at that Pittsburgh game as almost like a must win right off the bat.
0: Yeah. And I would say the Niners, these last couple of years, they've been stuck with these slow starts. So you really want to stop doing that and Pittsburgh and I'll have a theme as we talk about the schedule, because Pittsburgh to me is in that category of those teams where you maybe in your mind, if you're a Niner fan, you're not really too worried about, but they're starting to improve and you can't sleep on them. I feel like the Niners have a good bit of those teams on this schedule and they start right off the bat with a team like that to where if you're a Niner fan and you're doing your own schedule, watch, I guarantee you every Niner fan has this game slotted as a W. And they probably should, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as a lot of people may think.
2: Yeah, my initial thought on the on the schedule was actually because exactly like you said, Alan, th- this team is a notoriously slow starter, especially the offense, especially under Kyle Shanahan. And to me, when you when you initially looked before the schedule dropped at who you knew the opponents were going to be and where they were going to be, right? Whether they're home or away. Uh, the 49ers have a tough schedule, right? But what I think is my initial thought was, hey, at least a lot of those tough games come later in the season when the 49ers tend to be just absolutely lights out. Um, and so to me, that that first game against the Steelers is is the toughest game in the first four weeks uh, because it's a, it's a defense that is going to give them trouble and we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. And so we don't know what that offense is going to look like. Right. And you know, we've talked ad nauseum and by we, I just mean 49ers fans and content creators, uh, you know, about Trey Lance's start in Chicago, you know, it was a monsoon like I right. when people take things away from that game it it just kind of it's it's maddening to me because it's like you guys, come on, like right. there's not a whole lot to take away from that game. There were some positives right to take away some throws that he made where you're like oh, okay, like I see I see I see yeah. you trey right um but you know that offense always starts slow, and oh, so cool to start against a team like the Steelers and a coach like Mike Tomlin, it's kind of like, Ugh, that's tough. And to start all the way on the East coast. So, yeah. you know, it's a tough game, but you know, I, I think if they can go, I would say, I, I think the likelihood in that first four games, they could go three and one, right. Cause it's at Steelers at Rams and then home against the giants and Cardinals Cardinals are without Kyler Murray, you're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the NFC. So, right. um, you know and and the Rams who uh, I, I mean, I don't even know if Rams fans know the players on their team. So no. um, <laughs> it's a it's a favorable beginning of the of the schedule, which I appreciate because that middle stretch there is just an absolute gauntlet.
0: Yeah, and I, I typically don't like to assume sweeps with division it's opponents certainly. because you know you never know what could happen. The Cardinals are still a little confusing. Maybe you see them later in the year when Kyler Murray's back, right? The Rams are a complete mess. And I think, to your point, in that first four weeks, the only team I might worry more about than the Steelers, albeit the game is at home, would be the Giants. But again, yeah. the Giants, that's one of those teams where are they going to regress was last year just you know a flash in a pan, what is Daniel Jones? So, I, I hear you on the Steelers piece. In theory, I guess the Giants should be tougher, but you do get to face them at home and you don't get to go on the road. And, and that way, what, what that's, that's the third game. So, you're a little bit more lathered up. And who even knows who the quarterback is for the Niners by the time right. they play the Giants, you know? So, right. I hear you on the Steelers piece. And th- those games regardless of whether they play in the daytime or the nighttime they're just always ugly Like when's the last time there was a aesthetically pleasing game in pittsburgh i feel like it never happens ever so (laughs) it feels like it might be hopefully not chicago all over again but something similar just even though the weather should be better you never know man you never know
1: what were your initial thoughts yeah. The Steelers went ugly for sure. I, I agree with Alan. They're there. It's not a beauty. It's not a beauty pageant when you go up there and anytime, anytime any team plays, you're going to get, it's going to be a physical game. It's going to be a dirty game. It's going to be, even when they came out here and played at Levi's in 2019, it was not a clean game. The I just turned the ball over like oh, five times that day, it was, it was absurd. Yeah. And, and, and Jimmy led that comeback drive with a touchdown to Pettis at the end. But I mean, I think that that, even if they drop that first game, that's okay because we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. Maybe they sit Brock out for a week as he's still recovering. Kyle Shannon this week said that Brock Purdy might be ready for training camp, which is great news, which is way ahead of schedule for a lot of people. But if he's, if he is ready, they may want to sit him out for a game and let his arm get in game shape. And if that's the case, they may just punt on that first game and assume that, okay, well that next Rams game is a much easier draw for them. That's it's, it's in LA, which is like a home game for the 49ers as we know. And They've they've got that eight game uh, regular season re- regular season winning streak against them as well, so I think oh, that nice. they feel much more confident going up against the Rams than they would up against the Steelers. So I think that it's okay if they drop that Steelers game; I, it's not a big deal. But again, the Giants is the the wild card here. If if look if if Brock Purdy is out for the first four weeks, your bar here, your minimum bar is two and two. You want to go five hundred yeah. without him. Yeah, if he's there. I'd want to go three and one, right? Because that's your starting quarterback. That's the guy you're going to go forward with two and two wouldn't be end of the world, but you certainly cannot drop below of 500 in the first four games.
0: Yeah. And to Brian's point earlier though, two and two might not feel like the end of the world, but just like last year or last season, some of these wins that's supposed to be where you just stack them up. So yeah. I feel like the Niners always do a good job. Fans will freak out. I, I'm a, I'm a big guy that freaks out early on. But at the same time, it's a long season, but it can happen quickly and things can change quickly. If you're looking at the schedule and when you get to the middle, okay, the Browns, legitimately no clue what to do with the Browns. None. But you got, you know, Cowboys, Vikings, Bengals, Jags who've been better. Bucks, you would think, has taken a step back. I guess my point is just you can. For whatever you drop, you're just going to have to get one, right? So if you do drop it to the Steelers, then the Jags, who might be better, you can't afford to lose that game. So you can't – I guess you can trade off in that way as well.
2: Yeah. The one they're, thing they're that I – oh, Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was to say the one thing that I thought was interesting was they play um, one, two, three – they play three games – uh on short rest against uh playoff teams from 2022. Mm. Um and that or and that's 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 tough, right? That Giants game at home, that's a Thursday night game. And those are weird games, right? Yeah. That Thursday night game in Seattle where they clinched the division, right? That was the that was the weirdest game in that entire Brock Purdy stretch. Yeah. And then they have to play the Bengals on short rest. After playing the Vikings on Monday night, and then they have to play the Seahawks again on short rest on Thanksgiving. So I mean it's a little, a little different there. Uh, but the nice thing is is that they're coming off that game against the Bucks, right? So right. they're not they're not they're entering against tougher opponents on short rest, but their their opponent in the week before, not as tough outside of, like you said, Alan, Vikings and then Bengals. But the nice thing for that Bengals uh, for that Bengals game and the Seahawks game or, or sorry, the Bengals game and the Giants game is those are at home. And that mm-hmm. Seahawks game on, on Thanksgiving, that's up in Seattle. Uh, but they did that last year, not in on Thanksgiving, but on short rest. So um, there's some there's some interesting like little like when you dig into the, the schedule a little bit, you're like, OK, I could see some some stretches where you're like, oh, that's kind of tough. But. You know, uh, honestly, I I think the I think the schedule makers did the 49ers a solid based on what this schedule looks like um, and the amount of travel that they have to have. Really, the only time I think that they're even going to consider uh, staying uh, somewhere, you know, on back to back weeks would be uh, week six and seven when they're at the Browns and then at the Vikings. I would assume that they stay somewhere in the Midwest uh, for that. But everything else uh, is, you know, at the Jaguars, then home to the Bucks, at the Eagles, then at Seattle, and then home to the Ravens, and then at Washington, and then back home against the Rams. So a lot of travel in there, which is kind of a bummer.
0: Yeah, I was talking to Sam Lubman, producer for, for Morning Roast, and I'm pretty sure he said Niners have the most miles traveled, right?
2: Second most. Second most. But it's like, it's like, it's like, less than a hundred miles, less than the Seahawks.
0: Right. Second most. And what's crazy is that with all, they still have the second most and they don't have an international game. Yep. They Mm -hmm. don't even have an international game, but I know the West coast, you kind of get stuck out here. I I would assume the the Rams might be pretty high on that list as well. Chargers as well. So yeah, Yeah. it's going to be tough. And you know, really excited for everything to kind of get going here and get moving. And we find out what the team is even going to look like. And and obviously we're going to get to the quarterback position a little bit later, the stretches where you, you do have teams that you feel like, okay, You might drop it here, but you got to pick them up as well. The one that we haven't talked about yet, and I know we're working our way down, is ultimately the big payback that fans are going to want for mm-hmm. the Eagles. We know that's coming. That's going to be circled. That's going to be get your popcorn, all, all the cliches. So, I mean, that is one I know everybody wants. I know everybody wants it.
1: For us old heads, uh, that the 1990s when the Niners used to play Dallas uh, during the regular season, it was always post-week like week 10. It was always mm-hmm. post-middle of the season because they knew that by that time, it would be playoff time. Those teams would have stacked up really good records and the stakes mm-hmm. were higher. So the NFL knew exactly what it was doing. We knew, there were whispers about this, that if, this is not going to be in the first month of the season. The NFL is not going to do that. We knew that this would happen. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the biggest benefit is that it's coming off of that uh, Thanksgiving game in Seattle, so it's it's a ten day rest that yeah. they have between Big games. Time. Yep. So you get that mini buy to get get ready, get right, get recovered, and then you you know you get Philadelphia in Philly, and that's going to be a dogfight. fight. So really, it's it's a gauntlet in the middle. It's it's somewhat of a soft schedule at the beginning, and I mean that that week thirteen game. I'm hoping that everybody's healthy for that because that was our. That was our crutch last time, right? To to kind of yeah. say this is this is what happened, right? And Philly, I know Philly's feeling the same way as well. They want everybody healthy too, so they don't want Niners fans complaining about injuries. But that is going to be their biggest measuring stick game of the season. Like for me, I have several, I have several sort of measuring stick games. First one, obviously, I think week one, we want to see what they look like coming out of camp, and we want to see what the quarterback is like no matter who it is, whether it's Trey, Brock Purdy, or even Sam Darnold, they want to see what they what they've got at the quarterback position at the outset. The next one is Dallas in week five. That's the next kind of measuring stick game. And there's several others in between. There's the, there's the Seattle game. They got a game against Minnesota as well. But again, like after the Dallas game, the biggest measuring stick game is obviously for me, that Philadelphia game. Because this is arguably the best team in the NFC. You're going to their house. You're a pissed off team and hopefully healthy at the time. And it's going an, to be an absolute battle that day. An absolute battle.
2: Yeah, like you said, the 49ers are going to be coming off what amounts to a mini buy because they're playing on Thanksgiving. Check out this, check out this uh, uh, gauntlet for Philadelphia. Uh, so 49ers have a buy in week nine, which again, I appreciate. Uh, and, you know, That's in 2019, right. they had that like week three or week four buy where it was like, oh my God. like Now, obviously it didn't affect them or maybe it did, I don't know. They still made it to the Super Bowl, right? But uh, for Philadelphia, week nine, home to Dallas, they have a week ten bye, and then they have, and then it's Monday night at Kansas City, and then week twelve, home to Buffalo, mm. and then home to San Francisco, and then at Dallas, and then at Seattle. Wow, that's brutal, right? Yeah. That's brutal. Wow. So, you know, again, a, a really nice opportunity for San Francisco to go in to a team that's going to have been in some wars in the past exactly. three games that they played. Right? Uh, again, Dallas. Uh, Dallas, Kansas City, and then, and then Buffalo. So uh, 49ers coming off a mini buy, Philadelphia coming off a, what I would assume is a dogfight against Buffalo. So yeah. again, in that regard, advantage San Francisco.
0: I was looking earlier today at some of the percentages. I mean, Eagles, do they have the hardest schedule based on, based on the records of last season? I believe they do. I,
2: yeah, I believe they do. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I mean, good luck for them. They paid Jalen Hurts. And look, even the Jalen Hurts thing to me, and I've said this before, just because we've seen these great, we've seen these great seasons. And I like Jalen Hurts a lot. And they had to pay him. They, they really didn't have a choice. I mean, are we sure he's that guy? I mean, when, when people say he's the best quarterback in the NFC, which a lot of people are saying, I'm not even saying I'm saying that, but that's, we just, people just decided that is that just more of an indictment on the NFC quarterback situation versus Jalen Hurts Mm -hmm. for sure being that guy? I mean, I don't, I I don't know that I would bet the house on it.
2: I I would say it's an indictment because put Jalen Hurts in the AFC and then tell me where he ranks, right? It's not, it's not one. It's not anywhere near one. Yeah. I I mean, he's not, he's not crazy low, but -hmm. he's not anywhere near one. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a little bit of both, but, I mean, that performance that he had in the Super Bowl was superhuman. He yes. was incredible. Yes. Mm-hmm. And outside of that fumble which, you know, you can point to as as part of part of what led to that loss, right? That was a that was a really really bad fumble. But if they don't have Jalen Hurts, they're not even sniffing a win in that game. So right. mm-hmm. but that's one season, right? And it's the the contract that they gave him, it's so I don't know, if you've ever if you look at the details, it's so weird, but the this season and the next two, his cap hits are like $10 million. It's yeah. crazy. It's The way that they structured it, right? They essentially structured all of the restructures into it, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing, hey, we're going to restructure anyway. But that's, I mean, that's a lot of money for a guy who was okay in 2021 and then outstanding in 2022. I mean, you got a bet on a player, right? But mm-hmm. that's a, that's a hefty bet.
0: Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. We, look, Niners got their own QB issues to worry about, to be
1: honest yeah. with you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah,
1: and, and <laughs> before before we get to the quarterbacks, uh, there's one more stretch, one more gauntlet I want to point out uh, to all the fans out there. So Thanksgiving at Seattle, you got the Eagles on the mini buy. You got Seattle again here on December 10th. Then you got a, a, kind of like a the Arizona game between a little buffer, the little get-right game. And then you've got Baltimore on Christmas, and Mm. Lamar Jackson with his fresh contract. You got a primetime game; it's here at least against the Ravens, and again Monday night. I believe short week, or I guess you get an extra day, right? So it's extra day rest. But
2: it's an extra day that
1: that you know five Mm. six week span again. It's another gauntlet. So just the the season is just relentless. And as we as we switch to the quarterback conversation, you got to have a healthy quarterback. Like they can't. I don't want to see Sam Darnold take any meaningful regular season reps. Okay. Like if he has to start week one beyond week one, I don't want to see him playing because Mm -hmm. you know what that means. That means that they've cycled through all their quarterbacks yet again. And this is something that happens in in Kyle Shanahan's offense for whatever reason over the last six years is that his quarterbacks cannot stay healthy. And you can argue that it's the reason why they haven't hoisted a couple of banners here. And you can argue that he hasn't done much to actually address that problem. They're kind of just band-aiding it here and there. So my, my hope and prayer to the football gods is that Brock Purdy can, st- can come in recovered and stay healthy throughout the duration of the season and lead this team to wherever they're going to go. Yeah,
0: no, it's a good point. And I, I just thought of one more thing for the for the schedule piece, and then I'll continue on to the QB piece. We talked about really wanting the Eagle game, but guys, I know you remember the last time on Thanksgiving, Richard Sherman... Eating turkey, you got to get them back. You got to get them back. Whoever the quarterback is, you got to eat some turkey in Seattle. It just has to happen. It has to happen. But, you know, Zane, I think you make a couple good points just as far as where we hope the QB situation is for the Niners. Ultimately, and I've thought about this for a while because we haven't seen – we never saw Trey with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I'm sure you guys have gone through – all of these things before there's not a lot of time and we don't know the timeline on brock purdy so it's almost as if let's say trey gets three weeks is there any line any line at all that Trey could put up to where it at least makes shanahan think about the hot hand or maybe it turns into hey we're going to push brock we're not going to rush him back because we're we are rolling do they have would they have to be undefeated Would Trey have to put up just video game numbers? Is there anything or if it's hey, we're, we're three and one Trey, you've looked good. You're still working through some things. It's go time. Brock's ready. We're good to go. Because that's that's what I continue to wonder. Is it already because it turned into, OK, Brock had some issues and they delayed the surgery, so there might be more time for Trey to prove himself. Then it turns out, you know, Brock's waving at the giants game. Hey, he's going to be back on schedule. He might even be early. Is there any, is there any realistic situation where Trey gets what more than two games to show anything? Or is it just as, as of right now, the way it's trending. No, you know, easy enough. No.
2: Um, I I think, I think Purdy set the bar last year. That's the bar that, that, lance has to reach and that's a an offense that's consistently scoring 30 plus points a game Mm. right because how do you how do you not put the guy back in that was leading your offense to 30 plus points a game even if this other guy has led you to two victories but it was you know 20 to 17 and you know 24 to to whatever right like then you look at but And, and, and therein lies the rub for me. And I said it earlier, this team consistently starts slow on offense. And so it's almost like it it, trays behind the eight ball already, right? Because this offense historically doesn't do well in the first four weeks of the season. They just don't takes a while to get to that, you know, that, that level that we are accustomed to seeing But also to be fair, this offense has never had Christian McCaffrey from week one. So there is that, you know, there is, there is that argument as well. Um, So I would say that I would say that if, if Trey is going to get the opportunity to keep the job, the bar was set by Brock last year and it's, you gotta be scoring at or near 30 points a game for the games that you're in. Yeah. And when you look at the first opponent, I, I mean I'm hard pressed to think they're going to score 30 plus against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Not many teams do. Yeah. And you know, the second opponent is the Rams. I could see it happening there. Third opponent is the Giants. We don't really know what their defense is going to look like. It's going to be better, but mm-hmm. we don't know what it's going to look like. And then week 4 is is the is the Cardinals. So if if it's the first 4 weeks, I could see, you know, that first game being tough, but if he's at or near, like I said, 30 points in those next three, then possibly. But if if Brock is ready by week three and the 49ers are one and one or two and zero, oh, oh, but the oh. offense hasn't, Brock's back. Like it's that's over. not, yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's over. It's over. Yeah. And you know, Zane, yeah. I know that you said you don't want to see Sam Darnold taking any meaningful snaps for the 49ers. You know who does? Kyle uh, Shanahan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and this,
1: this is what's so frustrating to me about Kyle is that it's, it's almost like this, this arrogance that he has that, Hey, I can make my offense work with anybody. Right. And, and, and yeah. you want it, you want your coach to be a little bit arrogant, right? That's, right. that's how the Eagles got to where they were. That's how Andy Reed is at times. Right. So the best coaches have a little bit of jackass in them, but I think Certainly. that there, there's a, there's a limit to that. It's not about like mediocrity becoming serviceable at, at the quarterback position. Right. It's about greatness right. at that position. And Sam Darnold is not going to. There's, there's. I don't think there's any world that exists where Sam Darnold becomes an MVP caliber player, right? Maybe there's no world that exists that that Brock Purdy becomes an MB, MVP caliber player. But the efficiency to which he he drove this offense last year, we've never seen that under Kyle Shanahan. We've never seen it under any quarterback that he's had here. So that to me gives me the most hope about Brock Purdy above anybody else because. We just never seen that before. You can call it the Christian McCaffrey effect. You can call it health with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and everybody being healthy at the same time. Whatever it may be, they just looked better under Brock Purdy than they have under any other quarterback, including Jimmy Garoppolo, who was the, the winningest quarterback that Kyle Shannon has had. Yeah. So, why? How can you bench that guy? Now, to your Alan, to, the answer to your question in my mind is: if he starts before games, he's got to put up video, like you said, video game like numbers. Like we're talking about, like. 15 total touchdowns and a thousand yards passing and a four and record. And, you know, like they're, they're averaging 30 plus points a game. Like it would, it would take that kind of Herculean effort for him to, to even be considered to be having this job. And mm-hmm. and I think that in Kyle's mind, it's Brock's job. Trey's kind of babysitting it. Sam Darnold is the guy that's going to get, that's going to push Trey and maybe, maybe, you know, start a couple games here and there if he has to. But to me, the way that it should go is, you you start Trey the first couple of games if, if Purdy's not ready, let Purdy ease in, and it's his job after that. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I've I've joked before that Kyle Shanahan, if somebody said, "Hey Kyle Shanahan, here you go," do you want Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? He might actually think about it longer than any normal coach would because, well, like, yeah. do I need Patrick Mahomes? I think I can I think I can do <laughs> some things without him. Or do I need Josh Allen? Obviously, he would take him, but I do think. You make a good point. And that's why I think that having Christian McCaffrey was the best thing the the Niners did because it solves everything because you get the production, but also you get to have Kyle Shanahan still scratch that huge ego that he has with, hey, look at this scheme that I did and look how I was able to do this, that, the third, even though it's like, well, yeah, I mean, your offense is pretty stacked. You should be able to do that. You added Christian McCaffrey, but he gets to say, it's my scheme that I'm doing it with, so that's why I think the Christian McCaffrey move was was just great because it does mean that you don't need you don't need a, you would love to have a Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position, but you don't need it the same way other offenses do. And the Chiefs have done you know a ridiculously good job of of giving him what he needs as well. But specifically for what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Christian McCaffrey opened everything up because he still gets to say, hey, well, I did this and I did that, and he doesn't need a, a game-breaker QB. One of these days, it would ultimately be nice to see the Niners with one. I don't know if that day will ever come, guys, or maybe Brock Purdy's the closest thing that we get. And if you get a Lombardi out of it, who cares, really?
2: Right. I mean, certainly, if you get a Lombardi out of it, absolutely, who cares? But, I mean, you just look at that uh, walrus-looking fella in Kansas City, um and once he got once he got a superstar what happened right he won he's won multiple Super Bowls now yeah right he went from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes right Mm -hmm. now you go from Jimmy Garoppolo Brock Purdy to Trey Lance or on a lesser level Sam Darnold right again two guys who are so much more physically gifted than Brock Purdy right and that's the wild thing is like Brock Purdy is the leader in the clubhouse. He's the least physically gifted guy on the team. And yeah. that's the most interesting yeah. thing. And the one thing that I thought was was interesting um, that, that we didn't touch on was something that Kyle Shanahan said in the uh, Dwight Clark Legacy event uh, in, in the Bay Area. What was that? I think that was on Wednesday. I can't remember, yeah. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. But he talked about that finger injury that Trey had. And he said it lingered. He said it actually lingered into the offseason last year and it affected his offseason last year and that this season Trey has looked better with his mechanics and his throwing motion than he ever has with the 49ers. Now it's the off season and coaches love hyperbole. Mm-hmm. And so we get that, but Kyle Shanahan isn't typically one for hyperbole, right? John Lynch is, but Kyle Shanahan's not. He, he tends to be a fairly straight shooter. And so for him to say that, I, I think really does, it is a little, it is noteworthy, right. That, that he did say that because like I said, he's not one for hyperbole, but, but I, you know, it, it, really, when we talk about the quarterback position for the 49ers, it's, it's such an unknown, but if anybody is whoever's listening to this, if you've got any Photoshop skills um, I, I want so desperately to be able to put together a meme where it's like the top quarterbacks in the NFC. And it's like Jalen hurts one Dak Prescott two and then Kyle Shanahan holding an Xbox controller S3, because that's really <laughs> exactly what it is. So if anybody yeah. can do that for me, hit me up on Twitter, at brennick77, and I could put that meme together, because that really is exactly what it is. Kyle Shanahan yeah. believes in system above all else, and Brock Purdy really proved that to him last year. And so yeah. now, that's where I'm like, did, did Brock Purdy's... uh emergence really almost screw the 49ers out of trying to find their Patrick Mahomes. Now, Trey Lance could could easily be a bust. I'm not saying that he's not, but he does have the type of skill set that Patrick Mahomes has. Right. Mm -hmm. And if he's not going to get that opportunity, then we're not going to get to see Kyle Shanahan with someone like that because he would rather have someone like Brock Purdy, who isn't as talented, who isn't isn't going to carry the team on his back, but he's going to do exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants him to do. Right. And then the question becomes, do you really think that your system is good enough to win a Super Bowl? Because so far it hasn't been. And you talked about wanting a guy that can make you right when you're wrong. And that's why you get a guy like Trey Lance. That's why you get a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. That's not a guy like Brock Purdy. That's not to throw shade at Brock at all. What he did last year was incredible, but that's not what Brock Purdy is. Brock Purdy is an average athlete who has some quickness to his game, which is great. It allows him to escape the pocket. You know, his, his 10 yard split is, was the same as Christian McCaffrey. Like that's wild. Right. Mm-hmm. But outside of that arm strength is relatively average. You know, all those things, right? Six, Six foot, six one, right? Not very tall. Yeah. You know all these things that that work against him. What he has is up here, and then the experience that Trey Lance didn't. But yeah. do we need Kyle Shanahan to be saved from himself? And sometimes I think we do.
1: You know, yeah. you know, to come back throwing ninety-five with that elbow, right? He's going to come back with a hey, nasty slide. Listen,
2: <laughs> listen. If he if he becomes Brock Rowan Gardner, I'm all for it. I am yeah. all for it. No, that would be nice. And some fans, you know, they
0: keep talking about it. I know Zane spoke about uh, his his past with baseball and mine as well. And yeah, there are a couple guys who get Tommy John and and I know it technically wasn't Tommy John, but yeah, there are sure. a couple guys that come back and get Tommy John and throw harder. Most guys now come back with the technology, but for the most and then there are a couple bad stories where they don't come back, but the idea that he's going to be throwing harder or having, you know, more mustard on his fastball I'm not positive that there's a ton of that. You know what I mean? And looking at Brock Purdy and what he has done, you got to think at some point I know the Niners in the front office they do a great job with contracts and things like that. To your point Brian, last year you had a ridiculous defense, right? And you also had you also have all of those weapons. We joke about the amount of weapons. If he's going to be your guy for what? The next decade? There are going to be years where you don't have the best defense, where you Certainly. don't have you know, all these all these pieces offensively because you got to pay people. What's Brock at that point? So right. it, it's almost a weird situation where Shanahan, in the back of his mind, is he hoping, let me just cash in and get a Lombardi here within the next three years with Brock, and then let's see what happens. Who knows if the Niners think actually so. think that it's going to be Brock forever. Maybe it's just for now because – we, we can win one with Brock with this roster, but down the line, if the roster isn't as good as this, yeah, no, we're going to have to look elsewhere, but Trey might be long gone by then. He might be, you know, about to head to Canton because of what he did for the Colts or something like that. I'm, I'm yeah. curious, but you never know. <laughs>
2: not, well, not the Colts anymore. They got AR-15, so oh, that's they're, right. they're good that's there, right. but could right. be the Titans, right? It could be the Titans, right?
1: Yeah, all yeah. good stuff. So as we as we kind of wrap up here, a couple a couple of fun things, by the way, uh, Alan mentioning bas- uh, baseball. So uh, a member of the Temple Owls baseball uh, alumni, yes. uh, fellow Ooh. fellow ball players. So I think right uh, that's something that our, our our listeners should know, as a, yeah. we are very baseball heavy, friendly uh, podcast as well. Good. You got three. You got
2: three baseball players talking to you right now about football. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, I love Aaron, man.
0: And look, I'm personally and I know and I've said this before on air and Joe Shasky literally told me to stop it when we were doing a crossover, Joe Shasky, Dibley and Willard. And I told him, I said, look, guys, I this is early earlier on this year. I said, look, guys, Major League Baseball hasn't started yet. All I'm saying is if you are bored, you could throw on some college baseball. It's not, it's really not that bad. They laughed me out the building and I said, all right, fine. You you do what you want that fine by me. And I said, but it's really not that bad. And it is, it is fun. If, if there's nothing else, that's all I'm saying. I just had a baby girl three weeks ago. So hey, I look, congratulations. my wife played. Congrats, yeah. Thank you. My wife played softball at Temple, so we fire up. I would argue that college softball might actually be better than college baseball to watch. But, you know, fire it up if there's nothing else on. I'm not saying watch it over the Giants or whoever your team is. All I'm saying is, you know, if you're tired of watching cornhole or axe throwing, just just throw it (laughs) on. It's not so bad.
2: Listen, Alan, I've got an eight. I've got a I've got an almost eight year old and a ten year old daughter. I'm a girl dad of two, and there you go. Uh, I am coaching my eight year old's all star team this summer. So we watch a lot of softball in this house, and that's it what is I'm a lot of fun about. to watch. That's a lot of fun to watch. About. There you go. I, I got a four
1: year old. I put the first thing I did when she was courting enough. I put I put a bat in her hand, and she let's, uh, go. let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's so go. A bunch, a bunch of baseball it. kids being being born here. Right, I like this. Damn it, Alan, Alan, we're gonna get you on here. We're gonna talk baseball only when the, when the, when it's playoff time. We, John, just like turn this into a baseball podcast. And also, we got to talk to we got to talk to Butcher Boy about that man. He was he was here a few weeks ago too on our show. We got to talk to him about that next time he's on the show. We got to try to convert him too next time you see. He, he said no. He said stop it. I'm like fine.
2: fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I awesome stuff. I love it. Well, well, thank you so much to Alan Styles of 95.7 The Game for joining us. Uh, this has been another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast on the Odyssey Network. For Brian Rennick, this is a Nappy saying enjoy the playoffs, Warriors fans. Hopefully you get a Game 7. I'm predicting it. Game 7 on its way.
0: Later. Now it's three.
2: One, two, three. three. Ah! <laughs>